It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Not necessarily that you would hey, root for. stop it. But it, <laughs> uh, I thought if I muted could, my mic there. There we go, a little Easter egg. We're going to leave that in. Oh, we're definitely going to leave yeah, that I in. I thought I muted the mic. It uh, obviously didn't work that well. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is not John Barcher. This is not James Seltzer. That's how I always open the podcast when they aren't hosting. This is Brandon Lee Gowton here with you for another episode of BGN Radio. I believe we are on 173, uh, not too far away from 200, kind of creeping up. I guess we'll hit that around in-season. Speaking of in-season, we're still three weeks or so away from Eagles training camp, but we're still here with you today to talk about a lot of good things. Right, James? That's right, BLG. This is exciting. I I love the intro. You are not me. You are not John. You are hosting the podcast. All of those things are true, <laughs> and if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but this is the only podcast on the internet. This is the only one you can listen to, so you're probably just going to have to deal with that. Yeah, Brandon, that's just sadly for people, the way media is now, you just don't have a lot of choices. Yeah, there's just no, there's <laughs> not a lot of, uh, especially with Eagles content, there's uh, just not a lot yeah. out there. No one's talking about it, man. We're like, uh, you know, uh, at the forefront is what it is, so... You know, <laughs> before we get into things, uh, James, how was your Fourth of July? Did you have a good time? Did you do anything fun? It was. It was fun. Uh, uh, the wife and I went to a Steely Dan concert the night before on the third. That was a good time in Camden. Uh, first time seeing the Dan. I love the Dan, so that was cool. Uh, went to a buddy's pool party on Saturday. It was good times, BLG. Good times. Uh, you know. That's pretty much it. And I, I got a day off from work on July 4th, which is a very, very rare oh, occurrence, uh, according to recent history. So, uh, yeah, man, it was good. What about you, BLJ? The hardest working man getting a day off. <laughs> I know, it's right? Good. It, it, it uh, happens rare, so you gotta, you got to grab on and then, you know, enjoy them. Just the typical 4th of July stuff for me, fireworks. I didn't blow my hand off. I, I didn't really shoot off too many fireworks. I think I shot off like one Roman candle or so. Kind of trying to stay away from that after the the whole JPP thing. Yeah, it's it's funny because now it's like um, 
any sort of fireworks joke, any sort of, you know, whatever is, it's like just going to be JPP oh, yeah. for so long. Like, and, and I feel bad for the other guy. I can't remember who it was on the Buccaneers or whatever, who also, yeah, and right. his was, I think, worse, right? His career's over or whatever. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and no one knows who that guy's name is, but JPP does it and he, and he's the face of firework prevention. So, so that's <laughs> the real loser in this situation. I guess they're both losers because, you know, missing parts of their hand. So while we're, we had a good time with the vacation or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just a one-day vacation, uh, the Eagles are having fun apparently out west. Oh, yeah. This week, I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, of pretty decent amount of players out there. Uh, there's Sam Bradford. I'm looking at Carson Wentz here, Chase Daniel, Ruben Randall, Jordan Matthews, and all of his muscles yeah. are, are in San Diego. That guy is ridiculously jacked. Uh- um and Sam Bradford, again, I already mentioned him, but his sleeves uh, too, James. He brought his and sleeves. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the problem, BLG. Not just did he bring sleeves. He's wearing like a, uh, whatever, I guess it's a paddleboard shirt. I didn't know this. I found out producing the morning show this wow. week where we discussed this. Uh, wearing a paddleboard shirt. Carson Wentz is there showing off his pasty white chest like he doesn't give up care in the world he's just confident you can see it and like sammy's all slouched in that you know that <laughs> paddleboard shirt and it's just it feels like such a uh, uh i know it's just a, a picture but it just seems like it's so uh, endemic or or you know such a great exemplification of what the situation is now where it's like all right you know sammy's here to kind of play out the string here for this year and then <laughs> it's that guy you know so uh so that's fine with me man it was good to see you. it was just uh, you know poor sammy like you know, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily uh, always running around without my shirt off. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to criticize someone for not, <laughs> you know, busting it off. But when, you know, everyone else, for the most part in the picture is 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 rocking the nose shirt. And, or at least the tank top. Or at least the tank top. And Carson is 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 barrel chested out there. I mean, <laughs> you got to man up a little bit. Sack up there, Sammy, and kind of, you know, step up to the plate. Uh, you know, unless I guess it, it could also be that he just doesn't have that great a a physique down there and maybe he decided to, to keep it hidden away for fear of even worse retribution, Brandon. That's a good point, James. We'll never know though, because he will never know. <laughs> he's like, and it's... Yeah, he's like arrested development, you know, with the never nudes. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. Um, it's kind of funny too. I'm looking at the picture now and he's wearing this blue shirt and it's almost blending into the water in the background. Kind of like what you said, like he's kind of there, but he's kind of not, cause he's kind of out the door anyway. Oh yeah. Still here for one more year. And I also like how he's standing in between his, his best buddies, of course, uh, Zach Ertz and Jordan Matthews. Oh, While on the yeah. other side of the fixture, you have Carson Wentz standing to his future backup and current mentor, I guess, in Chase Daniel. I just thought that was a little funny, too. That is interesting. And I do think that um, – and it's not always the case. A lot of times you just take a picture. But I think yeah. there is something to placement, especially with these guys where, you know, it's not like you and me and John and – and whoever, Matt taking a picture, Patrick, all of us taking a picture. It's like, you know, as much as uh, as we appreciate and love our BGN community, that's not going like viral. Um, but when these <laughs> Eagles guys take pictures and put them out there, they know that a lot of people are going to see these pictures. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist with that kind of stuff. I could certainly see like, you know, he's standing next to his body. Well, that's funny that we start off the show with this because we know it's July and we know we've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> so now we have to make things to talk about, that's which right, is always baby. good. It's fun. So that's one when, you, thing when, I it's get, when you bring out the creativity, BLG. That, that's what I'm here for. That's why I get paid. That's that's my role in this, or at least. You get paid for I'm this? It is. BLG, what Wait. the hell, man? 
Oh, man. I shouldn't have let you know that. Um, anyway, moving on to the, the big topic of today's show, I want to get to setting goals for the 2016 season. Now, obviously, you know, we want to be realistic with this. So the, the obvious goal is, yeah, Eagles win the Super Bowl and everyone plays, you know, great and everything like that. But, you know, that's just not going to happen. You know, the season starts and you're all optimistic now, but, you know, things get realistic fast. So I was thinking kind of just, James, we're going to start with the overall arching general goal for the team. We've already talked about, you know, over and under and record predictions mm-hmm. and all of this stuff mm-hmm. by this point of the year. But, James, what's your just overall for the team? Like, what do you want to see what, at the end of the 2016 season? What do you want to see? Like, what, yeah, what yeah, can you what say, point to? Uh, I got I got two for you, and they, they go hand in hand. But but the one that I think is, is certainly possible, and, and I'll go realistic, but I could even see it potentially being higher. But uh, one goal is to watch a top 10 defense in the NFL this year, and I, I think that's a realistic goal. Um, I, again, I've, I've said that I don't think they're necessarily even, um, you know, uh, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year as of now, but I could see how they win the division. But the point is, again, Super Bowl not happening, no matter what. Like that's just not happening. So I think they even yeah. Admit that too, look, huh? that, like, that, they that, that. that's the whole point. The Bradford. The, I mean, they're you know I know they have Bradford in here, but you know this this is a throwaway year right? in a sense. It's a developmental year for the team. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see a top ten and and you know pie in the sky top five defense. If it's a top five defense, will make the playoffs. But. Um, I want to see that, and and then I want to see Carson Wentz. I want to see him out, mm-hmm. and obviously I don't want to just see him go out there and, and suck. I would like to see him go out there, and even if he you know throws some picks or, or makes some mistakes, I'd like to see him out there and just come away with the feeling that he he belongs out there, that, that he looks like an NFL quarterback in the way he acts, in the way he you know commands a huddle, and the way he you know, goes about his business and maybe shows us a couple plays where we're like, whoa, you know, like, and start to be able to think of the possibilities. Th- those are the two big goals that, that, or, you know, hopes or expectations or whatever you want to call it, um, that, that I ultimately, if, if those happen at the end of the, the 2016 football season, uh, I'll feel happy. I'm with you there, James, especially on the defensive end, uh, or the defensive note, I should say, defensive end being a position, but, uh, <sighs> There's a lot of talent on this defense. I feel like they almost have too much talent to not be at least in the top half of the league. I think you need to see that materialize. I think they have not only the players, but as we've said, all offseason, Jim Schwartz, I think he has the capability to take this defense and turn it into something good, or at least if it's not an elite defense this year, kind of see the makings of an elite defense, or at least show some kind of promise. That unit, we do have higher expectations than for the offense. Overall, I think they need to go at least like six and ten. I mean that that might sound kind of arbitrary, but I just feel like they can't be like significantly worse than last year. Cause they, this was a seven and nine team. They weren't like for as bad as they were and as boring as they were. They weren't one of the NFL's worst teams. I feel like the defense, and if we're expecting it to be this good, I feel like the defense should be preventing the team from bottoming out. I think it's the offense that kind of reins the predictions back in and kind of makes everyone realize, you know, this isn't really that good of a content. They're just not ready to compete with elite teams with an offense like this. So, Brandon, moving. Uh, real quick, I'll jump in. Uh, one thing I will say, and I don't think this is going to happen. This is not. I don't think they will be worse than you know six and ten or something like that. That's kind of. I see them anywhere six and ten to eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe best case. But um, 
there is a way. Like, it's not impossible. Like, we've never seen Doug Peterson coach, head coach. Uh, uh, you know, he's never head coached, been a head coach above the high school level, and we've never seen him, you know, go out and do it. And, again, I think that, you know, he's got enough experienced guys around him that, you know, you really have to bungle it up to, to you know, kind of screw up the talent that's on the team and, uh, and you know, the, the coaching uh, support around him. Uh, but it wouldn't be like crazy to see Doug Peterson just be a really bad coach combined with a few, you know, injuries or something, or even maybe not ultimately be a bad coach, but, you know, really need to have, there's a learning curve and maybe it just takes him a little while to get there. So um, I don't think that's going to happen, like I said, but that's, that's a worst case scenario where I could see them being in that, that lower, you know, even lower than six wins. And that's a good point because that's, I guess, you know, you mentioned earlier how this is kind of a waste of a year, quote unquote, not total waste because it's kind of like a building year, you could say. But yeah, developmental. I love that term for it. You know, you hope that's and what I it think is at least. One of the things we can evaluate in this year is Doug Peterson. You know, we're going to be able to see how he is as a coach on game day. I mean, obviously, again, we've said all off season as well that the, there's not a lot of great talent in offense, and he's not going to be working with the quarterback he'll be working with in the long term, most likely, if Sam Bradford is starting. But still, we need to see some kind of at least competency out of him and you know, at least signs that he can be a good head coach in this league or at least just not a terrible head coach. Like you kind of said, James, if, if it's a disaster and everything like that, I mean, that's just going to be really bad. As long as he can just be decent, I think, as a rookie head coach, I think that's a good starting point. And, and that's hard yeah. to do, too. It's hard to be like a total, total, total coaching disaster. I mean, you got, you know, the coaches, obviously, I think NFL, more than any other of the major sports, the coaches have the biggest impact on the games. Um, but, uh, you know, you, it's it's rare that you see a coach who's just so incompetent that he costs his team five or six wins, you know, or, four, or three or four wins or whatever it is. So, um, you know, you really hope that doesn't happen because then uh, I think Doug Peterson's tenure here could be really short. So transitioning from the big picture and talking about the team as a whole and Doug Peterson, things like that, James, you already kind of touched on the quarterback position a little, but I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to go here and look at position by position for the most part about what's the realistic goal, what do you realistically expect from each position. And I'll start with quarterback since you already talked about Wentz a little bit. I mean, obviously, yeah, the ideal situation is that he's playing. But that just doesn't seem like the realistic situation if the Eagles are going in with Sam Bradford as the starter. So the question is, like, what do you want to? What should Eagles fans really be rooting for in terms of what? What do the Eagles? What's best for the Eagles? In other words, like, do they want? Do is it best for the Eagles that Sam Bradford goes out and plays pretty decent, and the Eagles can trade him for maybe a second round pick or something next year, or is it that Sam Bradford struggles and gets benched? And it could be Chase Daniel up at first, but maybe it's later in the year when Sam Bradford gets bent, so they don't put Daniel in because they just figure they can get Wentz in and get him some playing time. What is the ideal situation, James? Um, look, as much as I don't want to see Sam Bradford be the quarterback all season long, and, and again, you know, I think that only happens if they're contending, but um, I think that best-case scenario for the team, assuming you can – you know, really develop uh, Wentz, at least, you know, this year, if he's not going to play a ton of games. Um, it's that Sam Bradford's really good and you can get something for him. You know, I mean, why not? I mean, that's 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 the upside, right? I mean, he's here already. You're not, like we said, really playing for a Super Bowl this year. So, sure, increase his value. But I also do think that, and again, I, I, I don't think that Wentz should be starting day one. I'm fine with that. And I think you're right, BLG. And again, we've, we've kind of, people keep saying it, but again, also keep glossing over it. Um, that Chase Daniel is 
absolutely the backup. And if something happens to Bradford, Daniel will be next in line. Uh, I just think that if there's a certain point in the season where maybe they're not, you know, in the playoff hunt, or if you know, like let's say Dallas just has another like you know twelve and two, twelve and four year where everyone's healthy again or whatever, who knows? Um, and they're just out of it. You know, maybe they they give Wentz a shot earlier, and I think there's value to that too. Um, but I, I think probably you know Bradford. Maybe if you can get like thirteen good games out of Bradford, it raises mm-hmm. value and and let Wentz get like three meaningless games at the end of the season or something. Yeah, I'm with you there too, James. But what do you think? How long do you think Sam Bradford has? How long do you think the Eagles have before fans start calling for Wentz? I mean, there might be uh, yeah, week one I mean, preseason well, game but three. I'm saying, like going no, into the I know, starter, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, I think that fans actually are going to be better than expected simply because we've really heard so much BS this offseason about what jerks we are and how we're going to, you know, boo Bradford the second <laughs> he's on the field. And I do think that Eagles fans like to kind of um, shun those types of things and, like, snub their nose at it because we're way better than that as fans. And um, so I could see us coming out and giving him, a, you know, uh, giving Bradford at least a little time. But look, I mean, if Bradford looks awful, like if it's that Dallas game, game two last year, where he was just, the whole team was atrocious, I don't think you're going to be able to hold it back. Uh, you know, the hopes and, and dreams of the next decade, in theory, um, of these Eagles fans are, are hopefully right riding on this kid's shoulders. And uh, uh, that's a lot to, to ask people to, to not call for, especially when the guy who's standing in front of him is is certainly not the most liked. Speaking of placeholders, I think you look at the running back position, and it's kind of funny because you see Ryan Matthews in a similar position to where Sam Bradford is in that he's an injury-prone player who's shown some flashes of being talented, Matthews being more talented at his position than Bradford at his, but still uh, you have Matthews going into the season likely as the starter, but it's a weird situation because he's getting up there in age. Uh, he's probably he's not the team's long-term answer given his injury history and everything is the best case at running back, James. Is the goal there realistically to have Matthews have a strong year and hopefully trade him because he's, he's, he has one year left on this deal after this season? Or do you want to see the emergence of the young guys, like Wendell Smallwood? Or is this a true running back by committee where you're seeing all these guys mixed in? Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario simply because I don't think Ryan Matthews makes it through a season healthy if he's asked to carry the load too much. Uh, and you know what? Look, you want to see Smallwood uh, go out there and show you something. I mean, that'd be awesome. You know, then you got a fifth-round pick that was, you know, that can maybe hit, which is always a boon for a team, especially a team that that has a you know a dearth of, of higher-end draft picks coming up in the next couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it would be great if he if he flashed something. I, I think you know Sproles. I think they'd really like to you know, really. And I don't know. I guess Peterson seems like he's going to keep him more involved, but. You know, I think Sproles is the one you can kind of, you know, I, is fun to watch, but his development mm-hmm. isn't as important. I don't know if you get a ton for him if you trade him, obviously, or, or anything like that, and obviously the contract. Um, yes, contract. So, so I think my best case scenario is to see Matthews and Smallwood ultimately end up sharing the roles with Matthews being a, a first and second down kind of guy and Smallwood, you know, mixing in and, and doing some third down pass catching type work because we saw that Matthews is not necessarily the best at that. No, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how the running back situation plays out given all the uncertainty there and the fact that Ryan Matthews is just virtually guaranteed to get hurt. It's just a matter of when. 
and Smallwood, probably not a full-time player, maybe not a full-time player at the NFL level yet. Darren Sproul is definitely not a full-time player. And then you have guys like Kenyon Barner and Byron Marshall who, you know, may or may not even make the team. So transitioning over to wide receiver now, big, big question marks here at this position. Obviously the Aguilar thing, we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, even with the talent that is on the roster and, and is able to play, and we know uh, will be there. A lot of question marks there as well. Who needs to step up at wide receiver, James? What is the goal for the wide receiver position? Uh, the goal for the wide receiver position is to find a way to not get me to hate the entire crew um, <laughs> one game into the season. Um, seriously, I don't have a ton of high hopes. You'd like to see Jordan Matthews develop in the sense you'd like to see him have a, um, a consistent season start to finish. We obviously saw some of the, the mental struggles he had last year with the drops and stuff like that. So you want to see consistency there because I think he's certainly a piece moving forward, especially, you know, in that slot role. Um, so, but he's not a, a difference maker. Uh, and I don't think they have anyone on the roster who is. So unless Aguilar, and obviously that's the big unknown with the whole situation, but Aguilar is still a first-round pick from last year. And again, I don't think he's a guy who's ever going to be a, a big-time difference maker either. Um, but he could have been a really good receiver. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I would say I want to see Josh Huff step up, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm out on that guy. I don't I have zero. I don't even know if he makes the team. And if he does, I don't expect anything from him except some stupid comments over the course of the season, maybe. Um, so, you know, I got nothing else. Like there, there are none of these guys, uh, there's, I don't know, you know, I'd love to see a a practice squad guy step up and become the next Calvin Johnson. You know what the fuck? I don't know. It's, it's such a bad, (laughs) unexciting group of guys. Uh, you know, Chris Givens and all, you know, I just, these guys have shown that they're not going to be anything in the NFL. So, uh, you know, it just feels like belaboring the, uh, you know, the inevitable here. Yeah, I think the obvious goal, like you said, is that we see some of the young guys step up. If it's Aguilar, if it's Huff, if Matthews can, you know, fix the drop issue and become more consistent. Uh, to me, I think kind of the underrated goal would be getting one reliable receiver to keep around out of Ruben Randall and Chris Givens because those guys are yeah, they, they've had their issues. That's a good call. They're still they're still young though. I feel like one of the if one of those guys can because they're both on one year deals. If you can get one of those guys as kind of you know, not a star again, but just as like a decent starter or even a, a decent rotational backup guy. I think that's kind of a would be a plus, given how, especially like we've said, given how bad this wide receiving core was last year. Just getting a guy who is average and can just be like yeah. reliable mm-hmm. would be great. Yeah, and I think Randall's <laughs> the more likely bet for that. Uh, he's he's talented, but uh, obviously he's just never really put it together. And and we've heard the stories about the you know. Doesn't seem like the hardest worker or the most, you know. But who knows? Uh, maybe a change of scenery guy. And and I love the name Ruben. So uh, I have a dog named Ruben. So I'm in on the guy. Ruben with the R U E B. Yeah. Instead of the you're saying instead of the, R-E-U. yeah. So that that's yes. on them. My dog is R E U, like the sandwich. So it's good. So moving to uh, along on the offense, tight end, uh, the Eagles have five on the roster right now. I think they only keep four and. Uh, Chris Pantali possibly being a fullback kind of tight end hybrid position. We kind of already know what the tight end position is going to look like, James, but is there anything that you want to say about that position? Well, I, ju- I mean, I think I've said multiple times this offseason that Ertz is the best weapon, or at least the, potentially the best weapon that they have on this offense outside of Wentz. Um, so I think that, that I want to see that guy be consistent. I want to see Ertz be on the field more. I want to see him – 
you know, show those those games that we've seen where, you know, like the, the monster game in Washington, obviously the 15 catches, but just some of the, I mean, the, the athletic catches and the plays he makes and his ability to get open. I want to see that guy put it together and, and have a legit, you know, difference-making season at the at the tight end position because I think he could do it, at least from maybe maybe not as a blocker, but certainly as a, as a pass catcher. I do think Ertz's blocking has improved a little bit, especially mm-hmm. uh, from where it was. But for me, it's Trey Burton. You know, I, I know Dan Klausner probably isn't listening to this. Shame on you, Dan. Shame on shame you, on Dan. You. Shame. If, I'm gonna next time I see is, you, I'm following you around with the shame bell from Game of Thrones. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, but if he is listening to this, he's he's very excited that I just said Trey Burton because that's been his boy. But 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 I now like he's mad that we just ripped him, so he's probably very well, conflicted if he's listening. He'll get over because <laughs> he he loves Trey Burton so much that he'll just. That, that's the you're me, right. That's the overriding one. Hyping him up. Trey Burton, again, you know, a guy who kind of has been flying under the radar, a special teams guy. Uh, the Eagles have been using him a lot more, I feel like, on offense. At least they were in spring practices. They were splitting him out wide a lot. You know, there's a lot of talk about how the Eagles might move Trey to fullback. I did not see that very often, if at all. I saw a lot of sets where he's they're lining him way out wide, almost like a wide receiver. And I think, you know, he has the athleticism to do it. I think you look at the... Lions game for as bad of a game that was last season. One of the bright spots of that game was Trey Burton making like a 30-yard or 40-yard or so catch. Uh, I, I think that's a guy who, this offense, we've talked about it again, how it just lacks weapons and playmakers. Well, if that's the case, you know, why not give a, a guy like Trey Burton a shot and get him involved? Yeah, I think that's a really fair point, especially because, you know, an undrafted guy has, has really exceeded uh, that already. And he's just shown to be able to do a lot of different things. He's a, he's a versatile player. He's shown, obviously, on special teams to, to be a, a really solid performer, especially in block situations. Uh, and has shown to have a, an ability to make catches and make plays on offense. And, you know, we ta- they talked about lining him up at fullback and, you know, all that kind of stuff, or H-back last year and all that kind of stuff. So, um yeah, I, I like Burton. I think he's a versatile, athletic guy, and and if they could find ways to get him more involved, yeah. You know, again, this team doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, you know weapons, so so take the guys who've shown at least some flashes of it and, and have shown consistency, unlike a guy like friggin' Josh Huff, and uh, you know try and get them involved and see what they are for real before you move forward and need to really know what kind of piece they are. Offensive line is a position that I think the Eagles have improved at least somewhat this year. They they signed Brandon Brooks. Uh, they drafted uh, Isaac Sumalo and Big V, as they call him. So they added some depth at least. But the big goal to me when it comes to the offensive line has to be getting Jason Peters through the season healthy. You know, you look at last season and there was times where he might have been able to play and he didn't want to play. There's rumors about that. Or, or even if that was the was or wasn't the case, we saw he wasn't fully healthy. He left that Panthers game, I believe, or so with a pretty bad injury. He left most games with injuries <laughs> last true. season. I think you know, the key for the Eagles this year, the realistic goal is to try to keep him healthy in the way that I think the Eagles are going to do that. It's something they kind of talked about, uh, you know, resting Peters a little bit more during the week. You're not pushing his body the way Chip Kelly did all season long. Uh, I, I think Jason Peters, to me, that has to be the realistic goal. For me, my realistic goal is Lane Johnson taking that next step. We've already seen him be a, a very good right tackle and get paid as such, uh, but also paid on the, the future potential. And uh, you know what? This is his fourth year in the league. This is the time to, to really take that step and move forward and, and potentially be the you know one of the two or three best right tackles in the league because he's getting paid 
absolutely like it. Uh, and then ultimately, in the time, like you said, where they can move Peters out and give Lane a shot on the left side, show that he can handle himself there. Uh, I want to see Lane Johnson really become a premier tackle in this league because you know he has the potential to do it based on the how how solid he's been those first three years. One more quick note on the offensive line, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, it's a, yeah it almost goes without a saying. Back season. Yeah, we need. I think. I'm going to give him, though, I'm not going to harp on him too much because I feel like he was really dealing with some bad injuries last year, and I feel like that explains a lot of the decline. So, you know, the hope is he's healthy this year. I think he will rebound. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, you know, especially when you saw some of those pictures come out of his thigh and this, it was like his black. It looked like it was like a dead skin or something. You know, yeah, it was like it, it wasn't pretty. It was awful. So, um, and, and I know uh, from working for the team and and you know being in that locker room. Um, Jason Kelsey is, is a, a really good dude and, and one of the more, you know, introspective, uh, thoughtful guys on the team. Um, but also, uh, he's never gonna, you know, whine or complain or, or give excuses. He really owns up to stuff. So uh, I certainly think that he was way more hurt and he just wasn't gonna let anybody know it. Defense. We're going to the defense now. Everyone's favorite side of the ball, Jim Schwartz and everything making the transition over. We'll start with defensive end. Uh, a lot of bodies there, I guess. Uh, a lot of starting bodies in, in the sense that you're paying three starters, uh, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham, Connor Barwin, all making that big money. There should be an interesting rotation there. To me, I want to see Brandon Graham uh, step up big in the 4-3. I feel like he really can. I think you know he had a, he had a solid season last year as a starter for the first time ever since being that first round pick all the way back in what was it 2010 (laughs) so uh the eagles drafted him instead of earl thomas i believe is that true i've never heard of this earl thomas character that you're talking about is he Uh, any good we're gonna have to look that up we'll (laughs) fact check that later but to me it's brandon graham because i think he's made for this 4-3 scheme i think that's obviously what the eagles uh, drafted him to play in I think he could have a big year playing in the wide nine. You kind of set it up, uh, you know, on a tee for me. Every Eagles fan, uh, everyone listening to this is screaming, Vinny! Vinny! I want to see Vinny, man. I want to see this guy finally with a legitimate chance of playing time. And, and like you said, I think they'll, they'll rotate those guys a fair amount um, to keep them fresh. And, and I want to see Vinny freaking go at the quarterback. I want to see that dude reckless abandon playing in a 4-3, which he should be in. Uh, I just want to see Vinny, man. I just want to see him with some regular playing time and, and you know, see what he could do in terms of pressuring the quarterback. Uh, again, with, with a, a, I would think, a, a legitimate bump uh, in PT. And I think one of the things about Vinny that's going to be good this year is the Eagles can move him on the inside. I think we're going to see that, especially you talked about the rotation. We're going to see, I think, Connor on the outside, Brandon Graham on the outside, and then you can move Vinny probably in place of Vinny, or, sorry, Benny yeah. Logan. On obvious it's a good call, downs. BLG. Kind of like the so look, the Giants did against the the Patriots with the what was it the NASCAR package. And yes. that's a very interesting call, and and I think that would be really fun to watch. Because then you have Fletcher Cox and this this great defensive tackle position, uh, where the Eagles have some nice talent with not only Cox but also Benny Logan. The depth is a little questionable. I think Mike Martin could be a decent player. He's a good athlete, doesn't have great size, but I think he could fit in this scheme. To me, when I look at defensive tackle, uh, we already know how good Fletcher Cox is. I kind of set him in for, like I set it and forget it with him. I just know he's, I, I already know what to expect from him. To me, you know, Benny Logan is going to be the interesting guy to watch. He's moving from the 3 4, and I think a lot of people think of him as that run stuffer, which he's very good at. 
So I see why they think that, but I think you move him into this 4-3 defense, and I think you're going to see him attacking upfield, and you're going to see him getting sacks and tackles for losses. I think the goal is for Benny to really step up and make the Eagles pay him. You know, he's going into his last year's contract. You know, don't be like, if you're Benny, don't be like, you know, don't make the Eagles uh, question, you know, whether you're worth the money. Just go out there and earn it. Can I just say yes? (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree. Especially, like you said, a really good point about Benny. Because he's actually really good in in both phases of the game and and can really be disruptive down there. Uh, And I think he was dealing with some injuries at the end of last season, too, that kind of held him back. But uh, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm as big a Benny Logan fan as you're going to find. Moving back a little bit on the defense to the linebacker position. Uh, I think the Eagles, everyone knows they have three starters. I want to say reliable, but, you know, Michael Hendricks has been a little bit inconsistent. I think Nigel Bradham struggled a little bit last year, but kind of was better under Jim Schwartz. And honestly, who hasn't been better under Jim Schwartz? Everybody is. I, even like the, the people, like the, the uh, interns working with the defense, even I think the cleaning people like Troy and whatnot around Novacare are just <laughs> working better because of Jim's presence. That's what I've heard, at least. The realistic goal for me has to be Jordan Hicks being able to stay healthy. Yep. You know, we, we've seen Sean Lee in Dallas and how good he is when he's able to stay on the field. The Eagles need Jordan Hicks to be able to stay on the field. And the other thing is, I want to see how he plays in the three, the the four three. Because you know, is this a case where he can play in both schemes? I know he has some experience from there in college and things like that. And I think he's so talented that you know, scheme fit isn't suddenly going to make him a bad player. But I, I do want to see if he can stay healthy and if you know, this can be the Jordan Hicks that we. We saw the potential of last season. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I think it's all about Hicks and that core of linebackers there. I, you know, obviously it'd be fun to see Michael Kendricks kind of get back to what he was a couple years ago and and the upside yes. there. But uh, I, you know, I, I would be lying if I, I didn't say that seeing Hicks man the middle of that defense potentially, I, I would think maybe even call some of the defensive signals. He was, uh, you know, such a heady player and um, just to see because that was such a. The thing with last year was it was such like fool's gold. Like we weren't, I, I couldn't even enjoy it at first because I was, it was so fluky. Um, but now like, you know, I want to see how real this kid is. And, and again, how he can succeed in this system, uh, especially with that D line up there, man. I mean, you would have to think that, like you said, with like Sean Lee back day, or, you know, he should have a lot of opportunities to make plays uh, unabated. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see it. James, we're moving to the cornerback position now. I'm going to ask you, you can start this one off. What do you want to see? What's your realistic goal out of the cornerback? I want to see Eric Rowe work his way into the starter job either. But, you know, hopefully by the beginning of the season, hopefully I want him to have just a great camp. But if not, you know, early on in the season, and I want to see him develop and show some of the stuff we saw last year where he looked like he could be a legitimate NFL cornerback. I want to see that. I want to see that that pick turn into something and not necessarily just because of the pick just because I think that Ralph does have the potential to play cornerback in the NFL as we saw last year and I just want to see him get that time and that opportunity to to develop and you know actually have it bear out on the field yeah the Eagles have a lot of bodies at cornerback but they don't really have that surefire starter I think well McKelvin's going to be a starter oh but, my god you, you, know, you, you, you almost didn't mention your boy there like McKelvin it's your favorite player I thought he is on the defense, obviously, but but you know he's going to be he's thirty, so he's up there. You know, I'm talking, I'm looking for an Eagles player who can be a long term piece at cornerback and and potentially a star, or at least a, a very good player. Maybe 
Pro Bowl potential kind of player. And I think Eric Rowe has to be that guy. I think maybe Jalen Mills, you know, we saw mm-hmm. him come on the spring. Maybe he can turn into something. Yep. But I think Rowe is the guy that the Eagles really need to step up. And, again, I was really encouraged by him at the end of last season. You look at that Bills game. You look at the Patriots game. He was keeping guys quiet. He made that big play at the end of the Patriots game to knock the ball out of mm-hmm. the receiver's hands. Uh, I think Rowe can be good. You know, there's kind of been like a negative perception of him because I think he kind of struggled a little bit in spring practices or whatever. But I think that's going to change when the pad goes on and training camp begins. I think, you know, Eric Rowe is going to step up here. Yeah, I agree, especially because, look, it, it's I think that ultimately, you know, even though it was drafted by the last regime or whatever, you know, Howie, Peterson, Jim, all of them know that, for the future of this team, when they, you know, have Wensy out there and they're really starting to try and build something and go Wentzie. for something. Oh, yeah, Wensy. I love Wensy. Hockey player. Um, but, you know, once you have those guys out, um, you know, he is – because he's North Dakota. That's like hockey territory. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think that once, um, you know, once he kind of has that um, – you see, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, there we go. Thank you, BLG. Um, okay. Uh, I think that they know that, that they need to find out what they have in row – and that they hope, I mean, it's best for them, for all of their jobs and all their futures, that, that Roe is something because you've already used one of your, you know, precious high draft picks on him over the last couple of years. And, you know, you need that to pan out. And Corey Unland, the Eagles defensive back coach, once said that, he said it last year, that Eric Rowe can be a top-level cornerback in the NFL, quote-unquote. So they're, at, at the very least, Corey Unland is very high in him. Uh, moving to speaking of the secondary, moving to our, I guess our last position, at least on the defense, uh, safety position, everyone's favorite position on the Eagles, obviously. Uh, Eagles ha- obviously we've talked a lot about how you know Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, going to be the best two starters in the league. So for me, it's almost not even about them as much as the realistic goal is trying to see who is the third safety, like who is going to back up one of those guys, you know, because there's, there's a decent chance either Jenkins or McLeod goes down to injury, and who is it going to be behind them? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I could even see them maybe sliding Mills over. Um, I, I I get that. I can't even think that way. My, my I, I had one word. When you say goal for the safeties, hits. I want to see these guys just laying people out, just making plays. I'm really excited about McLeod. I mean, you know, Jenkins probably, uh, out, you know, after Cox, probably the, the best player on the defense if you had to pick someone. Mm-hmm. And um, and McLeod just brings a different and, – and, and I think that what McLeod brings with that kind of hitter, you know, feisty attitude, that kind of thing, is going to allow Jenkins to be even better because he's going to have more roam, more freedom to roam and do the things that he's really, really good at uh, and can be in coverage and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just – I'm all about this duo. I, I don't know if it's the best in the league or not, but – I think it could be really good. James, we can't end this discussion in other, any other way than talking about kickers. Obviously. I've been waiting the whole time. That's why we saved it for last, because everyone's just waiting for us to get to it. James, who do you want to see win the kicking job? Um, I, you know what, Brandon? Um, trying to think about what I care less about than the <laughs> Eagles kicker. I'm – I'm coming up with nothing. I I could not care less. Uh, I, I, t- true competition. Whoever kicks better in camp, I want to win. I, I really, honestly, like I guess Parky is younger, so sure, and and he was really really good. 
Um, so why not take the the shot on the young kid who looked great and and maybe a lock in a guy for a while like, you know, Acres style. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately whoever's the better kicker in, in camp, I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm with you there. And that wraps it up for our goals session of the podcast. Our goals theme. Now we're going to go on to some Eagles question and answer with the mailbag. We have a lot of good questions, and obviously the best ones are mine. I entered some questions. Oh, into the look mailbag. at this. So, James, biggest non-NFC East rival ooh, for the Eagles. Ooh. Now, this isn't just my – this is what I would think for overall, not who I hate the most, right? Like, in general, the – let me think here. It's whatever you it's want. What, oh, I can interpret this. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that if you're looking at it more like in the past and historically, I think you could come up with a number of different teams, but it kind of has to be the Niners this year, doesn't it? Yeah. With Chip out there, I mean – you know, that's it, right? It's got to be. Is there any other team in the NFC outside of the NFC East that Eagles fans will be watching and rooting for losses more than Chip and the Niners? I say no. That's a good point. I, I like that answer. To me, I have to answer the Cardinals just because I feel like the Eagles play them every year, and I almost feel like they're back in the NFC East like they used to be. It's a good call, and, and there is the history and, there too, yeah. And just Bruce Arians and the whole thing about the Eagles didn't hire him. And just, it's, it's just very annoying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, though I'm sure Arians and Peterson are probably like similar type of guys in terms of uh, – I, I don't think Arians is going to hate on Peterson the way he hated on Chippa. No, I agree with that. I think he would have more respect for him, which is kind of funny because I think, you know, we would all think Chip Kelly is the more proven yeah. coach. But, yeah. but uh, so to me it's kind of the Cardinals. It's kind of a weird one. But I, I just feel like, you know, the Eagles kind of – they got to get them back too because the Eagles have had some real bad loss. They had that uh, loss in 2014. Yeah, yeah they've had, had some one rough last ones, year. man. Rough ones. They got to get – And then, of course, so, the, you know, NFC Championship game. I'll never get – I'll never course. forget I'll them never forget for that. that. John was there for oh. that. Yeah. So it's John's fault. It's John's fault. Uh, most overrated, underrated Eagles players on the team. Okay, currently. good, 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 uh, good qualification there. Um, all right. Well, I will say, and I don't know if if this is necessarily with the fan base, but let's go nationally with the the underrated because we just talked about him. Mm-hmm. I think it's Benny Logan. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. He just doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's a terrific, terrific. He was a nose tackle, wasn't he? He shouldn't even be a nose tackle. I mean, him playing a, a D tackle next to. To Cox in a 4-3, and my pups are excited about it too. Um, it, 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 that's just so exciting. So so he's my uh, underrated. Um, she agreed. And then uh, my overrated, uh, it's a tougher one. Why don't you give me your underrated, and I'll quell the dog rebellion here, and you can, uh, you can uh, and then I'll come back with my overrated. To me, it has to be Benny Logan. Uh, I just think he's really underrated. If you want to give – to not copy it exactly, I think, you know, if we want to look at offense, to me it would be Trey Burton, as we talked about earlier. But for the most overrated player, to me, I have to go Sam Bradford because we, we we cannot not the mention the seven-game stretch. The right there. Right? And it's, yeah, it's right there. So I think it's, – it's I don't think, you know, a lot of people think – I don't think most people think Sam Bradford is a good player, but I think there's a very yeah, you're right. small group – yeah, no, yeah, if you finish, I was just agreeing with you. I, there, I, there are people, there are the, the stands. They are out there. And I think it's quelled, obviously, kind of realizing that he's not going to be the long-term answer because Wentz is here and everything. But before that, I think his, you know, the whole seven-game stretch and all of that, I think that was being very overrated. Okay, I'm going to come with a hot take here. Uh, and I don't even know oh. if it's that hot, but, it, it, you know, nationally I think it would be. And I'm, I'm going again with the national perspective. 
Um, I'm going to go Jason Peters. You know, right Ooh. now. I'm not saying career in it, but right now. Say that to his yeah, face, I, well, You know, good. I hope I fuel him. But, uh, you know, he, he looked old last year, man. He looked old. And I know that he, you know, the, the whole didn't want to play and stuff. This and that, whatever, but but he was he couldn't move on the field in Washington, just laying there. I don't remember if it was here Washington, but against Washington, um, you know, it looked like a, a like he was like paralyzed, and he and, and then they showed the replay, and he just fell down, like his back just went mm-hmm. out. Um, he's just a, a really big, big human being who's been doing this, uh, which big human beings, much as any human being, wasn't meant to do. Um, for a really, really long time, and he's done it at an insanely a Hall of Fame level. Um, but I, I don't think that his body is going to hold up much longer. And I think the national perception is he is still one of the two or three best tackles, or at least four or five best tackles in the NFL. Uh, and he's not. I don't even think he's the best tackle on this team. Ooh, that is a hot take. But fair points. Just now, uh, and obviously not close to career, but just now. Right, right. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Over a career, easily, Jason Peters. Yeah. But, uh, James, is there a second team? Not necessarily that you would hey, root for. stop it. But it... <laughs> uh, I thought if I muted could... my mic there. There we go, a little Easter egg. We're going to leave that in. Oh, we're definitely going to leave yeah, that in. I thought I muted the mic. It uh, obviously didn't work that well because they're going nuts. But go ahead. Is there a second team? Do you have, like, if, if you couldn't root for the... So let's say... You know, the Eagles are out of it. Okay. And you can pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Like, which team would you hate the least of winning the Super Bowl? Or what team would you want to see? Well, this is really funny Bowl? because when I was growing up, I actually, I really liked Drew Bledsoe at Washington State. Uh, I was big on, I was big on the Bledsoe uh, bandwagon. And uh, so I liked the Patriots a lot. I liked them uh, in 95 going up against the Packers. Like, I, I was a fan. And then. Uh, I even liked them against St. Louis, but then obviously the whole thing and this, the Patriots, and then they beat us in the Super Bowl. And um, so I, I'm obviously way out on the Patriots. So uh, after that, I mean, I think I'd probably go with an AFC team. You know what? Fuck it. The Browns. I would love to see the Browns <laughs> win a uh, Super Bowl. And, and, you know, obviously I would like us to win one first. But, you know, the Browns, the Bengals, the, those teams that, that kind of are in that perennial all-time losers club, I always have a soft spot for I've always felt like the Raiders are almost the Eagles of the West. If that makes any that's, sense, I just yeah, feel that's like that's a solid one. I see that. I've I've always just felt that a little bit, and I and that now I think they're an exciting team, up and coming. They have some young talent. I like uh, Carr a lot. I think they're going to be a team that can make a a strong run coming up here. Probably a little more realistic than Cleveland. Um, I think uh, I, I I had to pick anyone. I think it might be them because it has to be an AFC team. You can't pick an NFC team. Yeah, you absolutely not. Outrage. Moving right along, uh, we still have a bunch of questions left. Uh, this is a quick one. Over, under, nine wins. This is from Gata BV. Well, I think I already said under, so under. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. I think, you know, eight and eight is kind of the realistic best. So if it's even if it's nine, it's just a push anyway. I'm taking the under. Uh, from Lonis119, how concerned should we be with the Eagles receiving depth. We kind of already touched yeah, on that. Yeah, we can skip receiver. that. Very concerned. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> uh, very concerned. From Maleko, our friend Mike, which member of the Eagles would win in a hot dog eating contest? See, this is why I love Mike, because Mike brings these kinds of creative outside-the-box thoughts. Uh, and you mentioned hot dogs, and, of course, my dogs are going to go nuts. Um. But I would lean – this is a really good question because there's so many ways you could go. You could go just straight weight. You could go like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who you would think would be a great eater. But I think there's more to it. I mean, a hot dog eating contest 
you got to dig down deep. You need to go out and, and you need to have that kind of inner drive, that deep down will to keep shoving those dogs in your mouth, even though you want to throw up all over everything. And the last thing you want in the world is a hot dog. You have to be able to dig down deep. And you know who digs down deep? You know who spent a life of digging down deep from the plains of North Dakota? I don't even know if they have plains in North Dakota. He's been a, a, a hunter and a a cattleman and a, a farmer and that he's lived he is he is he is hard he is toughness imper, you know embodied Carson Wentz would win wow. any hot dog eating contest I don't care who he's up against he would be Joey Chestnut but the problem is James Carson Wentz cannot participate in the hot dog eating competition oh, no. he got locked in the bathroom oh no he can't he can't make it oh, he's, no! he's locked in there Someone needs to get Carson out of there, okay? Someone will, but only after the competition. And for me, I think I'm just going to really oversimplify this one. Uh, I'm looking at the heaviest player on the Eagles roster. And according to the Eagles roster page, that is Brandon Brooks. He's a big boy. Yeah, it's a good call. Yes, he is. And and I think, here's the thing. I think he's, we've seen how he's embraced Philly and everything. And I think he would just be so pumped up to go out and be like, to, to, you know, get everyone's attention and and really make everyone love him even more than they do, even though he hasn't played and just go out. He would be fired up for this hot dog eating contest. Oh my God. He would be so into it. You know, what would be funny though, is if it was like, uh, you know, like Cody Parkey actually was the one who went like the most on it. Caleb Sturgis can eat 100 hot dogs in 15 minutes, yeah, you know, or something like that. Uh, we never that's know. what I mean because eating is like, the, dude, uh... like my wife, you've met my wife, thin, you know, yes. little, like thin. She's like 5'2, she's thin, she's in shape. She out eats me every single time we eat. Like, you know, it wow. just is what it is. Like, she could just eat, man. And, and, you know, there are certain people who just you wouldn't expect it, but they could just bring it, you know. Sticking with the theme of more creative questions from Philadelphia underscore Philadelphia, who can throw a watermelon furthest from the top of the Wells Fargo Center? Who like in anybody in the world are we talking about? Or, Which Eagles? Are we? Can, can we? Should we exclude quarterbacks just because you know it's their job to yeah, throw? Well, you know, you, you you locked Wentz in the bathroom on the last one on me. So is he out yeah, of the bathroom he, yet? Or we don't know. Oh, he might not man. be able to make it. Oh man, are right, you go first on this one? To me, man, I could just see Jason Peters just freaking taking a watermelon and like throwing it into outer space if he wanted to. So I have to take Jason. I, I've got the obvious answer here, and it's it's really a no-brainer because the question was not specific in how it has to be thrown. John Dornboss. That dude would snap the shit out of a watermelon. Ah, that that's thing a great, would fly. That's a great answer. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. It's a, a, a similar shape to a at least similar-ish to a foot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thorn bus. You're going technique over strength. Oh, you, you like think it. about it. I mean, smart. he can snap that ball far, man. I like it. And that's tough to throw. Watermelon's tough to get. You got a real upper body strength to even like heave it that way, you know? So yeah. Yeah. There you go. How about that? From our good friend Matt Daring. Oh wow. Uh, who is this? I don't. I've never heard. Uh, I think he's. I think he's a big <laughs> fan of Earl Thomas and Brian Dawkins. Uh, if you could have one current or former Eagle help you change the tire, who? Uh, it's a great question, Matt. Um, it would not be Carson Wentz. No, no. Uh, he can wait in the bathroom, uh, locked in, while <laughs> while someone. So it's current or former. This is any all-time Eagle, huh? Yeah, any all-time. Ah, Eagle. You know, I'm gonna go with Concrete Charlie. I just feel like you know. Okay. Yeah. He's good in any situation. He's a man's, like the man's man of all man's men. Had a job in the off season, you know. I could see Charlie pulling over and hopping out and, and us sharing a, 
a good laugh about Frank Gifford's face or something. To me, it's Fletcher Cox because he's a big racing guy. Yeah, I'm sure he knows how to change tires, right? Like that. And he could do it himself, yeah, real easily. So I, I think Cox could be an underrated tire changer in that regard. It's a good job by you there. Um, from John Barchard. Wow, it's almost like a lot of our BGN radio hosts are sending in questions or something. <laughs> uh, but why aren't they on the show? They all have time to, to ask this questions. Is, uh, not in the, hmm, we should re- I'm going to refuse that. to answer this question on principle. <laughs> You have to invite one player, one Eagles player, over for dinner at your house. Who is it, and then what are you making them? Well, see, I alluded to this earlier because uh, I did, and I don't know a lot of the new guys. So, um, you know, and obviously you want to bring Wensy over and just get him to, you know, be best friends with you. But um, I, I think I mentioned before, I'd go Jason Kelsey. He's a really bright, interesting, thoughtful guy. I think he'd have, you know, interesting conversation. Um and uh, just a good dude, like a good dude to hang out with, maybe, you know, listen to some music. Like, he just seems like a, a fun, chill guy. Um, and uh, as far as uh, what I would be making is going, uh, whatever place I call or look up online to bring us food. Because I'm not, I'm For not me, making uh, it has to be, I have to double dip here and say Brandon Books, and I'm going to feed him hot look dogs. Look at that. Ah. Oh. No, I'm not. Oh. No, that's too, that's too easy. I'm going to get him Wawa instead. Oh, let's see. Look at that. Because he is Mr. Philly now. He's, he's Mr. Philly. He loves Wawa. He loves Wawa. Wawa. I love that. I can, I, 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 can, uh, I can totally respect that. One person I would not take is Alan Barber. Have you ever had a conversation with no. Alan Barber? I have yeah. not. It's, it's not very fun. I don't know. He might be good to to not, but he certainly is the worst, one of the worst interviews I've ever seen. I believe it. He just didn't give one shit about it. Like, he could not have wanted to do anything less and made it very clear. And thus, it was like, all right, well, we're not going to lunch anytime soon, sir. (laughs) That's his loss, obviously. This is is a big loss for him. It's a huge loss. Um, from Ben Natan, this has nothing to do with Eagles. Who is the best kisser on the BGN radio Ooh, staff? Wow. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's gotta be P wall, right? I mean, he's the ladies man of ladies. It's always it's Patrick anything it's related to looks or attractive or, or ladies <laughs> or, or this or, or whatever. Yeah. It's just go Patrick wall. And you can kind of a, a blanket answer for all of them. Ben, you should already know that. Yeah. It's yeah, his youth. He's showing his youth there. Showing his youth. Another good one from John. I feel like we're only taking questions from our hosts, but these are some good Can't questions. Can't we, like, do this uh, over our text chain or something? <laughs> yeah, well, shouldn't we? Um, and I've kind of – I'm going to modify it here because Patrick came up with a follow-up question. Which Eagles player on a roster grew up using a Creepy Crawlers oven? Do you remember the Creepy I Crawlers, I do, James? very, very vividly. Um, wow, that is a hell of a question. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that is – that is some, it's got to be Bradford, right? With the little with an yeah. apron oh, on, yeah. and you know he's kind of you know <laughs> going in, and you know he's got like a little like fan that he's fanning him down, cooling him down. They come out, yeah. I think it's Sam Bradford. I think he's in that age group too, where it works too. He's not. He's not. Oh yeah, no, he's what like thirty or so, thirty one. Like that's right there. Twenty twenty eight. Yeah, so he's, he's only twenty eight. Jesus right Christ, there. he's young. Yeah, I think he's in there. It feels like I he's think, lived for. Right I feel answer. like he's been in the NFL for twenty years, right, Irony. Yeah, almost. It just, it just uh, feels like that every day with him on your team. What kind of car, speaking of Sam Bradford, what kind of car does Sam Bradford drive? And what does that say about him? This is from 
Hit M20. He drives, and not a cool old one. He drives one of the new VW Bugs that were just like so ugly looking. <laughs> nope, you know what? I'm going to adjust. He drives a PT Cruiser, a, pur- a yes. purple PT Cruiser. Boom. And it breaks down all the yeah. time. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Um, which player slash unit on the defense does BGN Radio think is most likely to disappoint with this year's lofty defensive expectations. This is from Viraj Singh 92. Well, I mean, it's obviously, I would think that the cornerbacks are the clearly it's the, the, but I don't know how much they disappoint. So, you know, disappointing it, it implies higher expectations. So I'll go with the linebackers. You know, I, 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 I don't yeah. think it would be crazy to see, you know, Hicks not come close to what he did last year or to see, you know, Bradham, like you said, struggle, even though he's with shorts. Or, or see Kendricks look like, you know, Michael Kendricks from last year. So um, while I do have a, a higher hopes than that, uh, I think that would probably be the most likely. I agree with you there. And to me, it's really about, you know, again, Kendricks being more consistent, uh, Hicks staying healthy, things like that. I don't think there's any other position that's as that has the potential to disappoint as much. Because I think, you know, you talk about cornerback, I think we're kind of – the expectations are lower there anyway. Uh Moving back to the offensive side of the ball, this is from Grease Monkey, spelled M-U-N-K, and then three E. A lot of questions today, BLJ. We're, 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 I think uh, we're threatening for the the record for length of podcast at this point. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, there's no rules. Johnny can't right, end the podcast. Right. We can just go on forever <laughs> if we wanted to. Um, regardless of how Nelson Aguilar's situation pans out. Do the Eagles need to spend their top pick on a wide receiver next year? Obviously, the Eagles don't have a first, so I guess we're talking about their second next year. You can't say something like that. You know, that's too far out. I can't say, you know, no. They don't need to do that as of now. I don't think they need to. It's not like you need to lock that pick into a receiver, but I mean, it could be a need for sure. But I mean, it's like that's where we're, you know, let's get through, you know, Sam Bradford, quarterbacking this team for a little bit first, and then we can. uh, do we have no, to? sadly, I you know I, I, you especially have no choice here. So it's your, it's, your, it's uh, everything. Do you last one? This is the last one we will take uh, from Kevin Wynn, seven three five. Are Eagles fans overlooking Nolan Carroll as a potential starter? Dude, that was uh, uh, what was the name there of the the from Kevin, Kevin. Wynn. Awesome man. Uh, when we talked about most underrated, I, I went with Benny Logan and we agreed. Nolan Carroll was the other name that I was going – like, that was my second guy, and I chose Benny. But I think Nolan Carroll was really underrated. I, I thought he was, was solid last year before getting hurt. Uh, you know, Probably the best cornerback on the team. Um, and, and I don't see any reason why he can't come in. And, and I don't think he's going to be a, a stud or anything, but I think he could be a, a solid number two cornerback on, on, a, on, a, on a decent team. Yeah, it's a similar situation probably as last year where if Roe doesn't step up and he does struggle this summer, I think, you know, they're just going to plug Carroll in there and feel good about it for the short term. You know, maybe that's not that doesn't necessarily mean that's the end of Eric Rowe, but, you know, it, it just could be that Carroll's coming back on this one-year deal. Or even if uh, he's not necessarily a starter, I think Carroll still can be a valuable contributor on the defense. Maybe we'll see him in the dime role like we saw in 2014, I think. Carroll will get playing time at some point at some position. So even if he's not a full-time starter, 
still probably a decent member to have in the defense. And, you know, if there's an injury, if Rose is and uh, ends up being a starter and there's an injury to either him or McKelvin, I think he's a great third guy to have off the bench. Yeah, I agree. I just love how you didn't even uh, uh, factor in the possibility that it could be McKelvin who would be the, you know, third corner. <laughs> You're just, I, I, oh, I love it. I love it. It's a lock team. I believe it, down, it. It's just funny. I love the confidence. So, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. All right, that just about does it. Uh, James, do you have any final thoughts before I try to actually end the podcast the right way? This I, first time? of all, uh, uh, I have faith in you, Brandon. Uh, yeah, you. I believe that you could do this. I really do. Um, I, I don't really have any other final thoughts. This was uh, it was fun. I think like you know we went like an hour. So <laughs> I got nothing else to say, man. I'm good. I'm talked out. So uh, you know, uh, count down the days until Carson Wentz Wentzy gets out there. That's a good that's a good way to end it for you, James. For me, it's three weeks until training camp again. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to see what the team looks like this year. Getting back to football, uh, talking about real football things instead of having to come up with questions, I guess, about hot dogs and watermelons. I'm not gonna lie, and, it was fun. It was fun. It, it is fun, but it, it can only last for so long before we're just pulling our hair out and wondering what the heck we're all doing anyway. So I'm looking forward to How that. How is that any different looking, from any other day, right? I don't. Know, <laughs> I don't. Know. I'm looking forward to some non-Eagles things. The Sixers uh, having a good offseason, oh, I feel like, for the most part. As far. Ben Simmons. Love just watching him. Like, this Summer League, it's like it's so exciting to have this guy in my team's uniform, even if it's a Summer League uniform, and just being able to root for this guy and watch the special stuff he does. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, BLJ. And the last thing is trade Jaleel Okafor. Just do it, <laughs> just do it Brian Kalanji. Oh, my. This is like BLG's passion. Like, seriously, you might want Okafor gone more than any other athlete in this city. Not might. You do. He, he's the rich man's Spencer oh, Halls, or at least wow. my rich man Spencer wow. Halls. I just need to – I'm just done. I just – it's oh, Nick Foles. It. It's, it's just I done. Love I just it. can't watch him anymore. I love it. All right, so that just about does it for episode 173 of BGN Radio for James Seltzer. Great job today, Thanks, James. Buddy. Thank you for being you. It was you. fun, man. For me. Thank you for being you. I, I try my best. For me, Brandon Lee Gowton, uh, this has been a, a great episode. This is BGN Radio episode 173 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Nice, dude. You nailed that. Big L, rest in peace. Motherfucking Big L. Rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on. Left the studio and it's about two in the morning. I just finished doing the song. Now I'm ready for sleep. But first, I want spaghetti to eat. And it's a good Italian restaurant right up the street. So I jumped in the Jeep, stashed the heat under the seat. Then I got a beat. My voice is hoarse, barely can speak. I called back on the cell. It was Cody, mad as hell. He told me to listen well. Last he started to get.